Hello and welcome to the Slow Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Engelhardt, and this is the place for all things health and well-being for the busy mom of today. So grab a cup of tea and get ready to be inspired. Hello and welcome to today's episode where we will be talking about the effect stress has on our hormones. And today I'm joined by a qualified women's health nutritionist passionate about a real approach to nutrition. She has a knack for being able to break down complicated science into a layman's terms using her kit of quirky analogies. She works with clients virtually helping women with haywire hormones, low energy, funky digestion, and unexplained weight changes get their vitality and energy back. Please welcome Solene Douglas. Solene, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So great to have you on the podcast, all the way from Australia. I know, it is. Um, It's really great to connect. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited about today's episode because I feel that as women, we're not really aware of the negative effect, you know, stress has on our body and our hormones. Mm -hmm. So let's dive right into it and clarify what does it even mean to have our hormones in balance? So I think that's a really good place to start. I also think, you know, a, a lot of women aren't necessarily aware that their hormones are out of balance because so many of us do suffer from hormonal imbalance and suffer from a lot of different symptoms. And because it's so common, we then think it's normal because we speak to our, you know, sister, our friend, our auntie, whoever it is. And we hear this common thread of, you know, it's normal to spend all day in bed in pain, popping painkillers and all these sorts of things. So we then go, okay, well, you know, it's happening to other people I know, so it must must be normal. Exactly. Um, but of course, you know, if we were suffering that level of pain or symptoms like that related to anything else in our body, we would go and try and get it fixed and, and look into it further. So Uh, I I think that's why I'm, you know, so passionate about this topic because women's health is so underlooked and we, we are often not really acknowledged properly in the science because our bodies are too complicated. So they just leave us out of a lot of the science. So to explain, I guess, what hormone balance is, I think we should start with a bit of a different definition around really hormones and In very simple terms, they're your body's chemical messengers. So they're produced in different endocrine glands across the body. You know, our thyroid produces hormones, our ovaries produce hormones, our adrenal glands produce hormones, and they basically move around in our bloodstream telling our organs what to do. And they control all different things from, you know, our metabolism, they affect our moods, our stress response, uh, of course, reproduction, and Really simply, balanced hormones means having the right amounts of these uh, different messages in the body uh, that therefore allow, you know, our metabolism to work correctly, our reproduction to work correctly, our stress response to work correctly. And then the flip side of that is not having the right amounts of these, uh, you know, either creating too much, creating too little or not being able to break them down efficiently. uh, And that would be through our liver or gut. uh, And therefore we've got, you know, too little or an excess. And that creates a whole host of different uh, system breakdowns, really. And that's so fascinating, really. And 
And if you think about it as women, we should be aware of all this. We should know all this. You know, we should know all the different hormones and how it affects us because at the end of the day, it's our own body and it's our own well-being. But I think that, you know, as a society, we're so used to just, as you were saying, popping pills, you know, for this and that and expecting that that will fix us, which, you know, at the end of the day, it might actually cause more problems or turn into a bigger problem, you know, in the long run, rather than if we maybe do a few lifestyle changes, you know. So definitely. Yeah. How does then a stressful lifestyle affect our hormones? And at the end of the day, our overall well-being really? Yeah. I mean, stress is so central to our modern life. And I think it really health-wise, you know, I'm a nutritionist, so I obviously look more so at food, but I think to be successful in treating people and helping them to overcome these challenges, we need to consider the whole person. And stress is such a central part to our overall well-being and health. And, you know, I think you can, you can be eating all the right foods and you can be doing all the right exercise and you can, you know, be ticking the box and doing meditation and that kind of thing. But if you're still stressed you are still going to have um, negative health symptoms, I really think. And so I guess the effect that it, that it really has on our hormones, to understand that, we need to understand that balanced hormones begin in our brain. So we think about, you know, an imbalance in our reproductive hormones. We typically look to estrogen and progesterone and we think, oh, they're just, you know, I don't have enough progesterone. I have too much estrogen. So that's the problem. But in reality, that's a downstream effect of an upstream problem. So the problem really usually always goes back to our brain and a part of our brain called the hypothalamus. Now, its job is really to be constantly surveying our environment. So um, things like our workplace, the thoughts we're having, certain people that might be triggering us, our inbox, all those things. It's surveying our entire environment. And what it's really trying to decide is if the environment is safe or not. Mm. And that, that sort of underlying physiology, we would have been using, you know, way back when, when we were doing the hunting hunting and the gathering and we would have been looking out for predators so that hypothalamus was there to be detecting you know is there any lions out there is there anything that's going to eat me what is the you know the danger out there so that hypothalamus is constantly looking for that and way back when the the danger was you know predators things that were going to eat us uh, that would then trigger a stress response so we would produce large amounts of adrenaline and cortisol and the flow and effect that that has is you know glucose which is sugar is dumped from our liver into the bloodstream so that we can flee from that danger so all of that blood flow, all of that glucose is diverted into the limbs. You know, our heart rate increases, all of those type of physiological reactions. But now, instead of it being a lion or a predator or something like that, that our hypothalamus is trigger- triggering that response to, 
it is all of our modern day stresses. So, you know, what people think of us, mm. you know, how much time we're spending on our devices, even physical triggers can be, you know, even over-exercising. So if we're smashing ourselves at the gym multiple times a day, that's a stressor. If we are feeling under the pump at work due to deadlines, that kind of thing, we we know what that feels like in our body where our you know you feel that tightness in the chest your heart rate's a little bit a little bit faster than normal you might be a little bit sweaty those sorts of things and in the short term the response that's happening which i just spoke about is that you know the sugar dumped into your bloodstream the uh, digestive changes as well can occur because all of the blood flow instead of being in your gut and in your digestive system is now in the hands and feet. So some people that struggle with, you know, bloating and digestive challenges in my clinic, anyway, I'm always asking them, is there a particular meal that that happens around? And usually it's Monday to Friday lunchtime because Mm. they're eating in front of their computer or something like they're on the go needing to go to the next meeting or whatever it is. And we can see that direct correlation there between those two things. And then the more long-term effects of that, and certainly what I see in clinic would be those downstream effects. So, you know, if we are constantly stressed, our hormones will be affected, our sex hormones. So things like estrogen and progesterone, the most common one I see in clinic is very low progesterone levels and very high estrogen levels. And that is really the cause of all of your classic premenstrual syndrome, premenstrual tension, uh, which would look like, you know, the moodiness, feeling mm. like you're going to fly off the handle at the end of your cycle, <laughs> the painful swollen breasts, uh, you know, the heavier bleeding, even blood clots, all these sorts of things. And often the correlation is not made that, you know, these things are actually beginning in our brain and, and it's then having all of these downstream effects. Mm. But then is hormonal imbalance reversible? Definitely. I mean, I, you know, I is sort of an old naturopathic saying that if you provide the body with the right tools and the right environment, it will ultimately heal itself. And I truly think that, you know, our bodies are so intelligent, much more than we give them credit for. We're constantly trying to shortcut things and outsmart the body, but it's actually, yeah, a lot more clever than we, than we really give it credit for. So it certainly is reversible. I think it's important to consider the timeline. So for example, if you uh, have been living your life a certain way for many, many years, it hasn't happened overnight that you've gotten here, right? It, it's taken maybe five, maybe 10, maybe 15 years. Mm. And so we need to understand that some people are going to be really quick in seeing changes and reversing those biochemical processes and getting those hormones back into balance. But for some people, it might take, you know, up to 12 months and that kind of thing. And often, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in our life. There's a lot of things to change. And, and so it certainly is reversible, but that timeline is quite variable depending on the person and what their life looks like and, and certainly their, what their hormone imbalances are and that kind of thing. Mm. How can we determine if our hormones are imbalanced or not? Because I think that, you know, as a society, we're so 
we're so far from being able to listen to our body and what it actually tells us. And I personally always say that, you know, a healthy lifestyle starts by listening to your body. Because, mm. you know, there is no one solution to a healthy lifestyle. And if you listen to your body, your body will tell you what's good for you. Your body will tell you when you feel great. But I feel that, you know, just because of the way that we are living life and we're under this constant stress and, you know, chasing deadlines and career and this and that, which is nothing wrong with that, mm. you know. But I just feel that, you know, we're so busy doing all these other things um, that we're absolutely not in touch with our own body. Yeah, so. definitely. I, I think we have forgotten how to listen to our body and to actually hear the information that it is giving us because it is communicating with you. You've just got to understand what it's saying and also understand what you're communicating to mm. your body throughout the day. So to bring some awareness, I guess, to what sort of state your hormones are in, energy levels are a wonderful place to start. Of course, energy levels can be many different things, but it's often one of the things that frustrates us the most is mm. having poor energy levels, having that fatigue and moods. Definitely. I think for women, it's probably a little easier for us to understand when our hormones are out of balance, because for the most part, it will lead to a downstream uh, dysregulation of your sex hormones. So estrogen and progesterone, possibly testosterone. And ultimately you will feel the brunt of that in that second half of your cycle. So say, for example, not every one woman, of course, has a 28-day textbook cycle. It's only about 10% of women. But just to use that as an example, you know, in that latter half, when you're between days 14 to 28, if you're getting increase in, say, pimples, you're getting that breast tenderness, you're getting moody, you're getting really emotional. It's almost like you feel like you're inside a bubble and it's the tension is building, 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 mm. and you feel like you could just pop that is really the cardinal signs of hormone dysregulation in those sex hormones and then some other things to look out for for both men and women particularly with your adrenals would be say getting a full eight hours sleep and then waking up really groggy and fatigued that's definitely one or you know waking up really groggy and fatigued and then feeling like you get all this energy in the back half of the day and you are then, you know, up until like 10, 11, 12 o'clock feeling like you've got all these ideas and you're really stimulated and that's really dysregulation of your circadian rhythm. So as humans, we're, of course, meant to be awake and active for the daylight hours and then we're meant to be asleep while it's dark. But, mm. you know, we've invented lights, we've invented laptops and Netflix and TVs and all of these sorts of things that allow us to defy that natural rhythm and be looking at blue light, which is um, emitted from our laptops and our TVs and our computers. And that's then inhibiting our melatonin production, which is our main sleep hormone. And then the flow on effect of that is if we are constantly up until late at night, 
we've sort of switched the, our natural rhythm throughout the day and you know people that would be really susceptible to that would be shift workers people mm-hmm. nurses and doctors and things like that who uh, have to of course work at night and be under those fluorescent lights and and their natural body rhythm can be really thrown off by that and for men you know fatigue is another big one if they've got issues with testosterone changes to muscle mass Mm. uh, even cognitive changes difficulty concentrating and then of course uh, a big one would be erectile dysfunction um, Mm. is is, you know a really classic sign that that something is not not right in your hormonal system and if we think about our thyroid gland so the gland that's in the neck the one that controls how our metabolism works. That's what it's really most known for is temperature and metabolism. So if we think about that, if that's not working properly, you're going to have a really difficult time losing weight if it's moving too slowly. This is really common, particularly in women. We have a much higher risk uh, Mm -hmm. than men of developing hypothyroidism, which just means low thyroid function. And, you know, the the classic picture would be really cold hands and feet, difficulty regulating your temperature, possibly hair loss, often really heavy cycles, very heavy periods, sometimes some mental health issues in there as well, increased anxiety. And the big one is just either putting on more and more weight despite, you know, no change in diet, what's Mm. going in your mouth or movement uh, or, you know, doing all the right things and just feeling like you're continually progressing to put on weight. Uh, And then hyperthyroidism, which is a little less common, uh, but can be, I guess, the the most common group would be postpartum women that would get hyperthyroidism where your thyroid is moving too quickly. Okay. Uh, key signs of that would be uh, night sweats and losing weight rapidly. So pretty much the opposite of uh, mm. the low thyroid function, your body's running too hot, things are moving too quickly and you're eating all this food and you just can't put on any weight. Right, right. I mean, these are more in terms of like listening to your own body and and the signs that it sends you. But also, what about like blood work and stuff like that? Is it, you know, something that you would recommend if you feel that something is off just so you understand? For sure. I personally, in my clinic, I get all my clients to get comprehensive blood testing done after our first appointment, Mm -hmm. because there's so much crossover in terms of symptoms, say something like fatigue, we mentioned earlier, I mean, fatigue is just about every different condition under the sun. (laughs) It it could be just low iron and low B12, but it could be anything. I mean, choose anything and fatigue is probably the top symptom. So it's really important to get testing done. It, you know, an analogy I give to clients is basically we want to get you from pain island, which is, you know, place A to point B, which is, you know, happy days, things are great. And testing provides the map to get you there. Right, right, right. It helps to inform what we're doing and it might not give us all of the answers, but it certainly gives us more direction. So I'm not sure about countries other than Australia, but certainly in Australia, we have 
uh, Medicare as a system. So we can go, not all tests will be approved, but if we are having symptoms, we can generally go and see a, a general practitioner or a doctor, mm-hmm. see them explain what's going on. And then they'll typically refer us to a, a pathology lab to have some blood testing done. So you can certainly uh, do that. And I definitely recommend doing that and and typically working with a practitioner to understand that as well because I can't speak for other countries but certainly in Australia our um, reference ranges so Mm -hmm. when you get your blood testing back what would classify you as being out of the normal range or um, below the normal range uh, is sort of a bit loosey-goosey it's a you know very very wide and it is in place really to capture disease, mm-hmm. but not necessarily optimal health. So we okay. need to think about that, that, you know, uh, someone who's experiencing a hormone imbalance might not necessarily be at that point yet where they can be classified as, you know, needing to be prescribed a medication, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. So that's always um, interesting to note that some other countries might be similar. Like yeah, that. yeah. Well, I mean, here I always do like once a year, twice a year, depending mm-hmm. on how I feel like blood work um, done, just to see, you know, how my hormones are just to see because I don't need any meat um, to see how my B12 levels are my iron and so on. And I mean, usually, when I start feeling tired around nine o'clock in the morning, which is like very untypical for me because I'm a totally morning person and I love waking up early and, you know, getting a workout in or a run or yoga or whatever. So in the mornings, I'm always very active and so on. It's like around nine o'clock in the evening that it's like, okay, it's time to go to bed, (laughs) you know? But when I start getting tired, like, or feeling tired around nine o'clock in the morning, then I know that probably my B12 is um, low, you know, and that's always usually the case, you know? It's, it's interesting really how, how all that works. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's your body saying, hey, I'm exactly I'm happy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But what are some of the things we can do in order to avoid uh, a problematic hormonal cascade? Yeah, so, so many things. Yeah, but... where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how long do you have? But to, I, you know, really simplify it in a, a a very broad sort of statement in 2021 we are living so far left afield from how our biochemistry and physiology was designed to live from the environment we were designed to live in and I think you know we really need to in our modern life of course we're not going to go back to being hunting and gathering and 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 living outdoors but the more that we can bring in some of those principles and practices into our daily life, I think, you know, the benefit to our overall health, our hormones, and of course our longevity will be tenfold. And it can be, you know, really simple things like uh, limiting the blue light that you're getting from your computers and from your uh, TVs after say seven o'clock at night or you know using the the night mode shift Mm. on it or wearing blue blocking glasses things like that I mean so simple you just need to change a setting on your phone we can all do that uh trying 
of course, this is going to be more difficult if you are a shift worker, but being awake and asleep at appropriate times. I mean, that's just such a huge one. I often think about, and sometimes I say this to my clients that have trouble sleeping because they're watching Netflix until nine or 10 o'clock at night is think about a time when you've been camping and you've been out in the middle of nowhere. You've had absolutely no screens around you fall asleep so early and you think it's so much later than it is. And it's Mm -hmm. amazing how quickly your body will actually adapt and shift back into more of that natural rhythm. And then you're awake really early in the morning. So I'm always fascinated by that. I think that's just so interesting how our body knows what to do. We just need to provide it with the right environment. You know, drinking clean water and eating whole foods, trying to really get foods that are with the least amount of chemicals, least amount of human interference, and of course, slowing down and decreasing stress, which I know, you know, is probably the hardest part, I think, in our health as well, because we're bombarded with so many things every day that stress us out. And it's often things that we can't we can't put words to or is less tangible for us than oh okay I just have to eat these foods or I just have to put my phone away at this time you know it's not as it's not as black and white it's not as straightforward and so I think to simplify it it's really working out with your stress is you know where are all the loose ends in your life because they're the things generally that are causing us stress is the loose ends we like closed loops Uh, and deciding and working out how you can have less of them it's not going to happen you know overnight but you can work towards that over a few years and your life will be so much calmer your mental state will be so much calmer and your overall health including your hormones will benefit from that so much Mm, I love that I absolutely love that you know it's funny in my 20s I used to think that you know healthy lifestyle was all about like working out and nutrition that's it you know (laughs) but now in my 40s I'm like okay well it's so much more actually about my like emotional and mental well-being you know of what is like good for me like what makes me happy what what puts me at peace what you know whether it's people that I'm around whether it's you know situations whether it's you know, just taking a step back with my kids when I see, okay, it's really not going in a good direction. I just need to, you know, get out of here for a few minutes to calm myself down. You know, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I really wish that I would have known or I would have been more aware of that, you know, in my 20s and 30s. Because if you think about it, you know, we're worried about it and we're stressing out about things that it's like, you know. I know. <laughs> I know I often think that the things I was stressing about in my in my early 20s especially and I just laugh now I think exactly crazy and I'm sure in 10 years I'll be doing the same things about about what I'm stressing about now I think probably that's something maybe you gain with age and I think also different times in your life you're more receptive to different things that we probably were exposed to that information then we probably just didn't want to listen exactly exactly well it's like you know sometimes I, I talk to my kids and I'm like oh my god I'm my dad you know 
<laughs> it's yes. like what he used to say to me and it makes me laugh like really I started laughing they're like why are you laughing I'm like oh <laughs> you know because my dad used to say the same thing to me and I wouldn't listen you know? yeah so yeah I guess we just need to make that experience ourselves but yeah. I I do have one last question mm-hmm. what is the most important thing to have a balance hormones or ba- not a balance hormones but balance hormones <laughs> I should say food because I'm a nutritionist but I honestly do think it's stress I think mm. working out your stress is the most important thing not just for your hormones but really your overall health and physical and mental health I think we think about mental health as being something physical, uh, different, separate from the physical, but really, you know, your, your brain is in your body. So it's mm. really part of the physical health as well. And I just think we're so, we are exposed to so many more stresses than we ever have been before in, in history. So much more information mm-hmm. overload than we have ever had before. We now know what everyone's doing every moment of the day and we're constantly comparing ourselves to people and all of that sort of thing and I think the additive effect of that load is more than our bodies and our minds can tolerate and so I think really just decreasing that stress is the single most important thing that you can do for your overall health. Mm, I love that I absolutely love that Selene, so, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your knowledge and your experience. It's very, very much appreciated. And to our audience, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that with this episode, we're able to inspire you to take a moment to reflect on your lifestyle and if needed, make adjustments so you make sure that you avoid or reverse a um, hormonal cascade, really. And so then maybe you can share with us where we can follow you on social media or webpage or for sure. Thank you. Firstly, thanks so much for having me. I really loved this conversation and definitely appreciate you having me on the show as well. I hope that that's a first to many more to come. <laughs> yes, me too. Certainly. You can find me. So my, my website is just selendouglas.com. And if you're wondering how to spell that, I'm sure it will be in the show notes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Oh, my Instagram, which I'm most active on, is uh, Selene Douglas underscore nutrition. So if you have any questions or anything like that, I'm always happy to to chat and, and help out in any way I can. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. It truly means the world to me. I would love to connect with as many of you as possible. So let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at Slowvolution for your daily dose of healthy living inspiration. If you feel inspired by this episode and want to learn more about all things health, well-being and motherhood, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. This way the podcast can reach and inspire even more moms and moms-to-be. And make sure you stay tuned for the many upcoming exciting episodes. Wish you all a lovely week. Mm